Hold on, I'm sorry. Hold on, I think we have to pause for sorry, a technical, I'm sorry. technical moment here. I don't know why this, give me one second. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Y'all have to cut it. Something's going on with this cord. Don't worry, so I can fix this in post. Or, or not. <laughs> be the name. Going on? I need to order a that new. Should, that should be the name of our podcast, Fix It in Post. <laughs> okay, let me just make sure. Damn, that's a good one. Because you. <laughs> I just want to make sure you can hear us on the good mic. Like all just... these notifications were coming up as I was yeah, talking. Was like, saying, you like... are not being heard. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> From Atlanta, where we don't know what's in Korean barbecue and we don't care. It's the Whole World Improv Podcast brought to you by Whole World Improv Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts, artistic director Chip Powell and a man who thinks WAP stands for Wideband Audio Processing. Oh, John, John, John. Yeah, I didn't want to be the one to tell you this, but uh, it actually stands for wet-ass penne pasta, like the macaroni. Like, that's why they talk about macaroni in the pot. That's all it is. That, that's, uh, that's it. Macaroni, but in penne form. Pretty sure that's, that's all it is. Somebody must have added too much water. I hate when that happens and it doesn't absorb all the way I, that's exactly what it's about I don't know why they that's a mainstream song but it is and I think too the thing is the vibe is with Atlanta is I didn't even realize how great the vibe is there especially for supporting the arts and having so many amazing theaters per square mile is incredible in Atlanta the, they, they really love the arts there well, and, and the process of this whole pandemic the support has been unbelievable oh that's so i'm so glad i'm so glad because i know just the places have closed down in la that it's just it's just so sad and so crazy but moving to la it is much more of a it's a hustle grind everybody's trying to get on tv everybody's trying to do the thing and we if we had moved the core theater company to la and kept atlanta going i'm sure it would have been fine we would have figured it out or not but no wrong decision, but it yep. would have been a lot different because we were told, at least at the time, not to take any outside work. We yeah. were told that we had to focus only. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was a thing. And then we found out like Jenny did some movie for Lifetime that she did a bang up job. She did fantastic. And she got her ass handed to her for doing that. And that was part of the culture that we all kind of subconsciously or consciously agreed to that which, made the training better. But it which would it never fly to, in Los Angeles. It's like, well, it would never fly anywhere. Not else. happen. And it probably now. wouldn't fly now at Whole World. Yeah, if I was to tell somebody that they couldn't work outside, it's interesting because it's like I've got people that are working over at Roll Call that come into here that are also <laughs> over here and Dad's Garage people that come in. It's like, and we and, and it should like, be that way. It should be more yeah, collaborative. It's just it's just well, better for we, everybody. Well, we made it that way. You know, we wanted to for a long time, and I think we talked about this with Jim and Lance about the mm-hmm. fact that there was a hate campaign going on with Dad's yeah. Garage and yeah. Whole World and. I, you know, I've spent many years reaching out to say, okay, let's end that. And there's still some of that that goes on to this day, but I don't really care about it because, you know, I know that I welcome folks in. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But I do remember Jenny getting her ass handed to her for that lifetime. And I think she was even told she couldn't do shows for a certain period of time. Yeah, she got punished. Yeah. And I remember thinking she ended up leaving because she had of that such a, a big role in that it was a made for TV movie on Lifetime. She did so great. And it was a big role. And big roles like that are generally not cast from Atlanta. She really like knocked it out of the park on yeah. all levels, business, creative, everything. And then she got in trouble for it. And it was an interesting thing. And it was something that I feel like 
in a way it did all make us bond to get stronger because we're like, okay, well, we're putting all of our eggs in this basket, but it was untenable in the sense that obviously we were all going to grow and want to do that's where we Other sort of things. started to question that of like, are we sure that we're all on board with this not yeah. working outside because it's not the most practical thing. And and at a certain point, sometimes, you know, leadership gets questioned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, see you later. Well, yeah. back to the comedy. <laughs> Lauren, you said you came in a little bit after the uh, originals. So you weren't involved with the LA move. No, or- we I was involved in the the LA thing was happening when I was there. It was shortly oh. after I arrived. So I was I came in like fall of ninety-six just to do shows. And then it was shortly after that the LA talk and movement kind of was percolating. Oh okay. Wait. I'm say it was ninety-seven. So I, I remember been going through all those meetings and talking about it. And I was on board too, kind of like Chip, like you said, like I'm just gonna do it. We're all doing it, so I'm, I'm doing gonna it. Do it. And I'm right. what anybody says, I'm gonna do what this group of people wants. Well, to they're all doing it, so it makes sense to me kind of equals a cult doesn't it i mean i don't know oh, yeah right. it, sounds, it sounds like it, it what do you mean like what do you mean drink this all right all right <laughs> i'll have it absolutely yeah. a cult 1000 percent a cult let's, I, let's stop into, have you seen all the cult things that are the vow even like like in the, in the cult movies look at hall world to like oh let's do it let's do what yeah. they're doing we need like, yeah. it's a good model some advice on set <laughs> i also think too that one of the things that was so great was like we left the theater we went out then some of us would come back to the theater and spend the night and we would all have brunch the next day. I mean, it was like this camaraderie, like like behind the scenes. Cause like I already told John, Anna, that you lit your fart on fire and you burned your cooch. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's like, cause I wanted him to know that. Uh, what did I burn? Your cooch cooch. No, I was wearing jeans when I did it. I didn't Yeah, actually, she's, not an, she's not an animal. I wasn't naked. Okay. Well, you're, you're, that would be dangerous. Listen, when I fart and light it, I wear I wear protective clothing. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Well, a, a Jenny would do it too. I, I love. Oh yeah, we had these two girls that you know are <laughs> anything <laughs> for laughs. You know, guys, willing honestly. to lift their legs up, get a lighter, and and you know, it was so many fun things that went on behind the scenes. I mean, I know that we were serious about the work, but I think we played even harder. I was gonna say lighting farts may not be serious. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, but it it was a confluence of the most perfect uh, seafood chowder that Webster had made that we all ate, all and right. we all got gas. We were yes anding the fart, really, when you think about <laughs> it. Like add a lighter, and now now it's funnier. I'm literally known for it. I am a 47 year old woman. She still does. Who's no? No, I don't. I don't. I will say I don't. Who's yeah. known just lean into it for that one time she ate seafood chowder at Webster's house and let her fire. Yeah, there were retreats, there were weekends at lakes Lake and, and road trips and all the makings of a cult. It, but we loved it. And it yeah. was it did make it did make the work better. And I think, and then maybe you guys probably talked about this, but I remember right around the whole world pilot time was when things sort of started to, you know, break apart a little bit. Well, and I think that's also, you know, when we talk about the fact that there was going to be a whole world LA and a whole world Atlanta and what was going to happen. But I do feel like once some of our alumni left, several folks were able to find with Lance different shows to work on and still be successful as whole world members in Los Angeles. We both came out to LA thinking that we were going to be on camera actors. I thought for sure. I was like, the moment I get to LA, I'm going to get an NBC series. I'm sure like right away, they'll be like, We've fart- been waiting on you. This is the fart lighting girl here. Where's the <laughs> pilot deal? You should have done oh. that in your audition. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, I I didn't memorize my lines, but guys, I have a special skill on my resume, and I'm going to do it for you right now. Oh my God, that's hilarious. 
So, you know, the stand-up and finding that route, you guys, what other work did you find in LA? Well, you became a professional well, writer. It That's- was sort you know, the funny thing too is like we yeah, we all came out and we were doing uh on camera stuff or pursuing that route. And then God, I remember God that culminated in the in the Lance Crawl show we did pretty early on because we were all out there yeah. and Lance had to deal with Spike. I'm sure he talked about all this, but like, and then that was pretty early on when we were still moved into LA and then we shot it back in Atlanta and then we moved back. And then I remember after that, I sort of wanted to take the more writer route and I took a few years to kind of develop that muscle and to get some work in that area. And then after that, we did some stand-up too. So I went away from the on-camera stuff. You wrote for Kimmel for years. Worked at Jimmy Kimmel for a couple of years. He won won an Emmy, if I can brag on my husband, he won an Emmy. Please brag. I've done a lot of things that never panned out and you sold some work. scripts and- emmy wait yeah. a minute okay yeah every writer has something that doesn't pan out but something must have panned out yeah well that was for was i think it, it, was it was 10 a, years ago I think it was a um fox sports it was for fox sports they did a cold commercial campaign it was kind of like um it was kind of high profile at the time and i was the writer it. on it mm-hmm. and I guess it won some awards and I was lucky to be included in that, in that group. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like some, I worked on the Sopranos or something. Lauren hates talking about anytime he's done well. So that's why I have to be here. Yeah. To be like, you know what I mean? Whereas I'll be like, listen to what I did. I did this. (laughs) I'm very proud of it. So we found circuitous work after that. And then you got into voiceover right after that. Oh yeah. Let me tell you a quick story about the Lance Crawl show, because when we moved out to LA, Lance said, you have to have tape on yourself here. This town requires that you have a demo reel. So if you guys think of like sketches or funny things, we can shoot them and then we'll cut, I'll cut it together because Lance edited a lot of our renegades and stuff. And we really had nothing much else to do. There was a lot of downtime. So we all got together and shot stuff and just, you know, talked about stupid concepts or things like that. We had a lot of time in our hands. And Lauren and I were talking one day and we're like, have you noticed that Lance will always edit the sketches that we put him in? Like he'll always, <laughs> he'll always edit those. But like other ones I'd be like, hey, did you edit that one that I did that was just me talking? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. But like the one that he was in, it always got done. And so we would joke around like, oh, it's basically the Lance Crawl show. And he put it together as, that's kinda, as a that's joke. Right. The Lance Crawl show, because it was all the sketches that he was in. And there was and like then he pitched it. nine different bits and it became like a sketch show. And he happened to be working with Spike at the time. And I think that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, so which is great because they wanted him to pitch other stuff and he had all this other stuff ready to pitch. And then he was like, oh, well, the Lance Crawl show. And they're like, great, we'll buy it. And he's like, really? And then I was like, yeah. well, see, that all came out of us making fun of you. Hey there, did you know that Whole World is opening up for live shows again? Yeah, just as the whole world is opening up for everything. (laughs) Join us in a safe, socially distant pod for some great improv and lots of laughs. We're still following the CDC guidelines to ensure that everyone has a great time. But honestly, what does the CDC know? If they were really on their game, The Walking Dead would have ended by season two. There's hand sanitizer galore and it's pretty airy. No need to hug or touch anyone. Who wants to do that? And then rolling into free radio. Talk about that process. Oh, right. He called me and he said, I have an idea that I want to pitch. And uh, can you and I just improvise in your studio? Because at the time I had started doing voiceover. The good thing that came out of Whole World, and I know this happened to you too, was that we were on stage every week and then agents would just call us. We didn't pursue outside work like we had spoken about. 
And so Richard Hutchison was one of the people that called me and was like, I want to represent you. And so I had booked a bunch of voiceover jobs in Atlanta before I left. And that to me was the best, still is the best job in the world because you're just in the dark. No one's looking at you, judging you. You just, it's just your voice. And so he called me when I told him I was moving to LA and he said, yeah, you need to go out there to Guitar Center and get yourself a microphone, plug it into your computer and then I can send you auditions. And I was like, Richard, I'll never figure out how to do that. What are you talking about? Like it sounded so <laughs> never going to happen because at the time you go into your agent's office and you yeah. read and I wound up doing that by 2005. So I started booking jobs and doing that. And so I would shoot stuff and then go home and do you know, voiceover stuff and, and just try to keep everything going. Because as you know, when you, we were starving artists for so long, Oh yeah, for so long. So that was nice to finally try, you know, make a little bit of money. So, so free radio. Oh yeah. Lance came over and we improvised a little thing, which I still have. It's like a little 12 minute thing. And at the time, Congressman Mark Foley was busted in the bathroom, uh, tapping on the walls, getting a blowjob. Yeah. And uh, so we were improvising about that and he was the moron and I was the straight person and it worked well. Where's and I guess, one? It's in the bathroom yeah. at the airport. <laughs> yeah, bathroom at the, it's like the Minneapolis airport or something. And he pitched it, and then you wound up writing it with him. Yeah, again, really all bare bones. It was um, those two, and we had a, and Peter Siagas worked on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lance and I would just kind of get together and script out and kind of mold a, a basic script. It became improvised, but we had to still kind of work out what was happening in each episode. And we had to turn in physical scripts to the network. Like they wanted to see, well, what are you guys going to do? And of course we didn't really, we'd use as a, you know, a guidepost. So we did write out scripts and then obviously there was lots of improv involved and there was a special. Sarah we Baker had the, was in it. Sarah Baker, we had the in-studio guests. Those were mostly improv too. We had sort of regions we would talk about, but that was a lot of improv, what you guys did with the guests, but yeah. sometimes we would write things. And we yeah. would get surprise guests too, which I think prepped you in a way to do Kimmel because it'd be like, oh, so-and-so famous person's coming. We need to come up with five bits to do with them on the, you know what I mean? Like, quick, Yeah, quick, quick. and we would just be all on set and we would sort of talk, it would, you know, you'd shoot something and see how it was going. Then we all kind of stop for a second. We'd all pitch on, hey, maybe talk about this or this is going really funny or here's a funny angle. Like talk about this with John Stamos and that's, you know, we would kind of do it as we go and all the yeah. guests were cool. And yeah, it was very fly by this. We had the right training for it, for sure, Absolutely. To, to, to do that show. Absolutely. We we did two seasons of that. And then when it didn't get renewed, I got extremely depressed. I actually fell into a very, very bad, bad, bad depression for three years. I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time. I think that it's because it is, I was at a certain age. I think I was 34 or 35 at that point, which by the way, every 34 and 35 year old thinks they're ancient. And now that I'm 47, I'm like, you're a baby. Oh it's okay. God. Like yeah. you're a baby. But, um, but at the time I was being really hard on myself. And so I just dove into voiceover and just only did that. So in that time frame, that depressing time of your life, was that when you started to cook? Or I mean, have you always been cooking? Because I know you've got two cookbooks. Yeah, I've always been cooking. And I think in 2002, I was diagnosed with celiac. So I decided I was going to make all of my Southern and all of my Italian heritage favorites, but gluten-free because all the products on the market were awful. So I was like, well, I'm going to figure out how to make them and make them yummy. And then I just kept putting on weight and putting on weight. And then gluten-free became like a huge And gluten-free became like huge. And then like I had to not have gluten-free. I had to have 
like I had to go low carb because I was making myself like I was about to have type two diabetes because I was eating so many sweets and you know what I mean? <laughs> Junk food that was gluten free, but it wasn't good for me. So yes. my friend Vinny called me and he said, I want to start a podcast. I know you know how to do it. So Lauren produced with the executive producer of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, David Hornsby. They did a podcast called Yoda and me and I produced that and it was so much work. And well, it was, it was like great. a scripted podcast. Like we wrote it. It was out. scripted. So it was more podcast. Got yeah. millions of downloads. was like this cult favorite. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that again because it was really complicated. And this is also, by the way, before we had uh, WordPress plugins, I had to update XML code to, in order for things to sync up to, to iTunes. Like it was a lot. But she got you producing. It got you me kind producing. of get your feet wet with the yeah. podcast stuff. And so I produced Vinny Tortich's Fitness Confidential podcast, which we've now been doing for nine years. I'm no longer the producer of it. But what grew out of that was I changed my focus from gluten-free to low-carb, then came out with two cookbooks. Now I've launched a line of marinara. I'm launching two more sauces and three spice mixes, and I'm still doing voiceover. I'm All still- because you got depressed from free radio. I, it's true. Well, and where, if we wanted to get your sauce or your spices, where can we find those? Oh, thank you. For the, the eathappykitchen.com. And right. Eat Happy is the name of my first cookbook and Eat Happy 2 is the second one. And it's because I changed my brain chemistry by changing the way I ate. So that's why my, that depression had a happy ending because once I took the processed foods and carbohydrates out of my system, I became a much happier person. So we like it when you guys are happy. You know what I was thinking of? Remember when we would go to, what is that tomato place? And then you would give us free soup. And I literally lived for it because I had no money. Oh, Big Red Tomato. Big Red Tomato. Chip. Yep. Thank you for feeding me when I was literally a starving that was Italian artist. wedding soup. Was it? Was it? Uh-huh. What that, that? And we had tomato bisque. Those were the only tomato bisque. Tomato bisque. It was a tomato, tomato bisque. bisque. I was. Obs- it had liquid smoke in it. I was obsessed with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was the wedding soup what got you two finally together? <laughs> no, that was. Uh, it would have been nice if it did. Right? I bet it would have been poetic, but it was no, dr- it was drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As one does. <laughs> I know that you guys ended up getting into stand-up together, didn't you? Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, pretty recently, actually. It was, took a little while, but circuitous route, but yeah. The reason we started stand-up was because we were doing it independently. independently and then I always had him punch up my jokes because he's a comedy writer. Mm-hmm. And then he would run stuff by me, but he didn't well, really need me. <laughs> no, I did. You, but, were, you were a huge <laughs> See, He's like, no. I no, you absolutely are, and, were great. But friends of ours kept saying like, wouldn't it be cool if you guys went up at the same time? Because it's kind of do the he said, she said. Well, thing. a lot of the jokes we would do a bit like, why well, would write about her and she would write about me. And I'm yeah. like, well, you're doing it separately and we're actually doing the writing together. So why not just do the performing together and just see if it was a different angle on it? You know, it made yeah. it more interesting for us too to try it that way. Well, and what wound up happening is that we didn't realize that we carried around still so much shame from the time that we got together and our wedding. Cause basically we had only been dating a short time and I got knocked up and then we knew we loved each other, but we hadn't had a long-term relationship or anything. And so it's really hard when you're trying to start a marriage and a baby and everything at once. So we actually wound up going back and writing about all that stuff. And that's what our act basically became. And in a way (laughs) healed that aspect of it. So yeah, it was cool. Well, and I mean, being a part of you guys, you know, coming together and all that, I think what really stands the test of time is the fact that you're still together, you work together, you've raised a child that's now an adult and is Lucy in New York. 
She is. Yeah. And so, you know, you guys, and I always say this about my marriage as well, because, you know, work 23 years. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you guys are long-termers. Like, yeah. 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 And, you know, in the very beginning, because there was a big age difference uh, between us, a lot of his friends came to me and were like, don't you take advantage and da 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 and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, at the time I was going off love, I wasn't going off anything else. And the really great thing about it was he still to this day is the one person that has treated me so well my whole entire life. And, you know, that's, I think the testament of time because those few friends that said something to me are all divorced. (laughs) Right. So it's one of those things that, and that was the other thing too. I wasn't trying to look for, you know, anything in or around the theater just because I, that was my, I need to keep that separate. That's my kind of happy place. So it's great that um, you guys stood the test of time and look how much success you guys have had over the years. And that's because you're together, you know, it's, we inspire each other, we create. And I think that was one of the things that we were learning, you know, early on in our twenties. And it's nice to see when that continues. Oh, I think the fact that Lauren and I are still together, uh, there's a lot of, we don't know why there's a lot of, we put a lot of work in. There's a lot of, we actually are very well matched. And so we're probably just lucky it happened the way that it did. Well, yeah, it's all, it's not always, it's not always easy. It's work. And as you guys know, it's like, it can be, there's definite times where things are tough. Yeah. Where we challenge each other. Oh yeah. I've got Bob at home right now. He's vacuuming. Um, he's peeling and cooking my shrimp for my, uh, my brother's coming. Oh, uh, Chip, you've tonight. actually found a secret. So you, yeah. you've got it dialed in. I'm like, I'm keep gonna keep your man peeling your shrimp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> what do you feel both of you individually was like the big takeaway from whole world? Oh, wow. So many big takeaway. I mean, the big takeaway is the relationships and friendships we've made. I mean, we still keep up with everybody. And that's to me, like the most important thing. It's like, we just, we still keep up with a lot of these, those folks that we all started with. And that's like, those are lifetime, that's 20 plus years of friendship. Yeah. That's a really good answer. It is, isn't it? It is. No, I don't know. What else is the biggest (laughs) thing? Because we actually just talked to- really good. We actually just did talk to- Lance yesterday For like about an hour and something, a half. and then um, we still see Sarah Baker. And I talked to Sarah Baker for we, three hours. Every time we go every to New time York, we, we see Michael Snow every time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been out here. Like we all, it's just, you know, you've kind of been through the fire with a lot of folks. When, when you've done a scene to moonscape silence to an audience, you kind of bond. You know well, and I mean? there's also so, you the know, idea that like, that like, I don't talk to everybody. Like I hadn't talked to Lance in forever but we just always pick right back up. Like when I saw Emily years ago when I came to town to do stand up and I did not great, but she was there and supporting and right. Just, you just pick right back up. And it was great. Yeah. Which I love. And yeah, we went through the ringer together. I guess the takeaway, a takeaway. I didn't realize what we were doing was so beneficial. And I didn't realize we'd leave a mark on the community that still, that would still be active. I never would have predicted that. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. I think I always had a chip on my shoulder from a young age because I didn't get into my first choice college, which would have taken me to New York City. And I had a thing like, I don't want to go to Atlanta. I don't want to go to school in the South. I'm from the South. I don't want to be in the South anymore. I want to go to where the action is. And I carried that around for a while. And it's like one of those things that you can't, you don't know 
about a thread in your life until you lived enough life to see how that thread has panned out. So I didn't know that going to Atlanta would take me to whole world, which would take me to him, which would take me to having Lucy, like my entire life sprang from that. You know, it's like if I had gone to New York, I would have had an entirely different life. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. so for me, the biggest takeaway was that it just, it kind of made me the person that I am today. Did I go deeper than you? You went deeper than me. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I guess I she, did. But it was a good deep. It was a good deep. Yeah, okay. I always tell new students that I have now, um, I encourage them to get together outside of class or us do like a field trip somewhere or like John and I took a sketch writing class together. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, to try to do things to bond because those friendships do. And over the generation, I can name so many people that even after our original crew left, new people came in and they met people and they're all still friends to this day. And they are involved with people's weddings. And I love that a couple of times I've gone to Napa Valley, Michael Snow has come to join and Sarah came down uh, to San Fran to meet us. And we all went down to Annie's wedding. And, you know, it was just the yeah, thing. I couldn't, I remember like we couldn't make it to Savannah because I was doing, yeah. I was mm -hmm. voice of ABC Thursday nights at the time yeah. and they had to, and I had to like be in front of the mic and it was devastating to not be able to go. And now, of course, we have the technology to not have that happen. So, but, yeah. and now we can't go anywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we but, well, next time you're in town, you come to Whole World. We have a yes. safety oh, we, we're, yeah. we're due for that. We are due for that. And we're excited to come back to Atlanta and, and we're due to come hell sit in yeah. the audience and yeah. just laugh and chill and see yeah. everybody and cheer y'all on. Love it. My, my old ass trying to do remote control. Yes. <laughs> just want to watch you remember seven words, Chip. That's what we yeah. like. I would that. That I can knock out of the park. <laughs> I knocked it down to seven. <laughs> yeah. By the time you two get out here, it'll be five. Five words. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just shrinking by the month. Just, you know. And I'll have to have them on a cue card. <laughs> yeah. Just write it on your hand. <laughs> well, oh my God, guys. I'm so glad you joined us today. Um, Thank you for having us. so good catching up with you guys. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This has been fun. Super fun. Thank you. you. We could talk to you all day and please come back and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll We'd love on. to. We'd love to. Yeah, it's been too long. All right. Well, we love you and yeah. love you. Nice to meet you, John. Nice to meet you, John. And tell Emily we said hello. Yeah, tell Emily we send our love. We will. We will. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. And so that was our interview with Anna and Lauren. Thanks so much. Uh, please tune in next time where we will have some more surprises from our alumni cast. I'm Chip Powell. And I'm John Mihalik. And we're saying good night. Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast. Still experimental, but we're really looking forward to our Ravi Shankar phase. The Whole World Improv Podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and minister of Silly Walks is Chip Powell. The producer, writer, editor, and egocentric bastard is John Mihalik. Again, with all the, the credits, John, just all the credits in the world. Just uh, taking credit for everything. That's him. Greedy guy. Greedy, greedy, greedy guy. Original music by The Gentle Readers. Please help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. There's a lot of true crime fans at the theater, and they'd love to be stalked. If Chris Hemsworth is listening to this and he wants to stalk me, <laughs> you're welcome to. I'm just kidding. Your wife is very lovely, and your arms are the size of boulders. Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com. 
And remember, it's tax deductible, so really you're just saving up for those new Air Jordan retro sneakers. Additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo. No, that's not my real name. And John's already rethinking fresh jokes for the credits. Some stand-up comedian he is. Hey, John, why don't you, like, like take more stand-up classes instead of improv classes? It seems like that would benefit you more. I don't know. I kind of want to arm wrestle you. Yeah, my arms resemble a wet-ass penne pasta, and they're just about as strong as one, too. But I think I can still kick your ass, John. Meet me outside a hole in the parking lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. With us, watching us, talking to us, with well, us. I'll, take my, I'll stop the video. <laughs> We're being very meta.